All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fuck nicks, what the fuck stirs? How's it going? Are you okay? Is everything all right? Did you get over it? Did you get it checked? Are you feeling better? Are you getting out much? How terrified are you? Are you in the midst of an existential tailspin? Where are we at? What's going on? Put the ice cream down. Put it down. It's 10 a.m. Enough with the cookies. It's it's 7 in the morning. That's not breakfast. So today on the show, this guy Drew Michael. He's a comedian, a writer. He was a staff writer on Saturday Night Live for a couple seasons. Uh, it, back in 2018, he did an experimental self-titled comedy special where he had no audience his new special is called Red, Blue, Green. Look, I didn't know this guy. And um, my old manager represents him. And my old manager said, do you know this guy? And I'm like, I don't know this guy. And he said, he's got this special, Red, Blue, Green. And I said, all right, well, I'll check him out. But I don't. But, th- but that's just the way this goes sometimes. I don't know all the new comics, the young guns. But I watched this guy and, you know, his groove was familiar because there's only a few guys that do that at any one time. I used to be one of the guys that did that. Maybe I still am. There's a type of comedy, a type of tone that I think I was a little more aggressive about when I was younger. The uh, I can see what you can't see tone. I watched this guy and, you know, I saw something familiar, something I related to. And I thought, OK, I'll, I'll talk to this guy. So he's here today and we had some issues and I'll get, I'll get into that in a second. So I talked to you about uh, Buster. Yeah. Buster's still on. He's good. Bounce back. Thank God. I gotta, I gotta quit leaning on the cats. Do you know what I mean? I gotta just give him, give him a rest. Hyper-focused. There's a lot going on though. It's very awful that Saget, passed away and uh as most of you know i i posted the just all the all the talks we had we had three and he was so funny and so nice and so uh he's a great guy he's very sad and i'm gonna go to the funeral and i generally don't go to funerals i don't know why i don't i i mean i funerals are definitely different than weddings you know they only happen once and it's heavy, but I, I mean, I didn't go to Patrice's. I didn't go to Geraldo's. I really haven't been to a funeral in a while because I'm either not around or I'm on the road. And But I'm going to Saget's because I'm in town. It's not far. And I have a suit. I have a black suit. As an adult in show business, you have a black suit. That's my choice. I don't have a tux. I have a black suit. So that's either apparently for award shows where I don't win anything. And now for funerals. That's why I have the black suit. You can go to a lot of award shows in your black suit and never win anything. And you can go to funerals in your black suit and at least know that that's what you're going to get. That's definite. The award, who knows? Death, it's coming, baby. But I don't know his family at all, but I know his friends and we have friends in common. And and I'm going just to, you know, as, as a show of respect, and love for the guy. And his first funeral I've gone to in a while. And and I don't know. I, I guess I, I have an aversion. Who doesn't? But I got to grow the fuck up. It's time. You know, go show up for the other people. I'm very sad that 
you know, when Lynn died, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess there was a memorial up in Seattle with her friends during COVID, but there was nothing, there was nothing here. I, you know, I, I, I was not involved in anything uh, in, as a memorial or a funeral or anything like that for Lynn. And, you know, I regret that. I think that, you know, you do get closure. There is something about processing the passing of somebody and processing grief in general that happens when you go to a funeral, when you go, when you sit Shiva, when you do, you go through the process of sort of collective grieving. But, you know, I got a black suit. I'm going to wear it. So this guy, um, Drew Michael, this comedian. So what happened? I'll tell you what happened. So my, I, as I said earlier, my uh, old manager, Dave, you know, suggests this guy to me. He says, yeah, have you checked him out? I'm like, no. He says, yeah, you should check him out. I think you'll uh, you'll like it. And I want to, you know, I want to see if you'd be interested in having him on. So I'll check it out. And this guy did something, he, like, he's different, obviously, than me. And he, But there there's a, a type of comedy that, that is uh, the practitioners of which are far and few. There's only a few. And I know where it starts. I know where it comes from. You know, I know the sources. You know, there's there's Hicks, there's Stanhope, there's whatever I was doing when I was younger, maybe a couple of other people. But I just know where the guy was coming from. I could tell by the style and how he was, you know, trying to prove what he was trying to prove. The uh and and the the sort of lesson teaching of the tone. And I watched it and you know, there's a couple of great uh, bits in there and there's you know the ending the ending's interesting. But I just felt there's some stuff in it that was familiar to me and and I got, you know, I got a little squirrely about it and so I did some googling and I found some stuff that made me uncomfortable and I told Dave and I then I and he told this guy Drew and J- Drew was like I'll talk to him about it. So, you know, there is some some stuff. There is some discussion of either parallel thinking or not knowing something has been retread. I, yeah, I would. I stopped short of like calling Stanhope to say like, wait, do you know this guy? Do you, have you watched this? Am I wrong? Is there something? Is this? Yeah. But but it's it doesn't matter really. You know, I was diplomatic about it, and uh, the special ends well. And as I said, there's some good bits in it. But it just, I don't know if it was because it sounded familiar to me because of what I used to do or what I do do, or you know whether or not you know it's just. He's the new guy doing it. Who knows? But uh, we get into it a bit, and uh, and he's a very smart guy. The special is called Drew Michael, Red, Blue, Green. It's now streaming on HBO Max, and this is me talking to Drew. Well, that was the thing about people coming to the house was that it was disarming. You know, because it wasn't when when I started this thing, people weren't used to doing that, right? right? So they'd come, and they'd have to reckon with the fact that you know not only was it like some studio, but it was my life. Yeah, so in saying, a like you know, you're you're cooking a soup or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> it brings people to a different place, right? You know, right away, it's a little gets them off center. You know, I wasn't on purpose. Just like pulling up into somebody's yeah, yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 a I don't want to say intimidating experience, but there's something to it. It's definitely uneven. Right. It's not show business and it's like you don't know really what you're getting into. Like if if you go to a TV studio like you did Kimmel the other night, you kind of know. 
You're going to go to the dressing room. There's going to be some snacks. Yeah. Someone's going to talk to you about the thing. Right. But when, when you're just driving to a guy's house, it's sort of like, I don't know what's going to... Well, I didn't even know that you... I There's no one else here. Like, no. There's no one running... No. The, no one's here. No one's running the mics. No one's no. running the soundboard. No. It's just Just you. me. Yeah. It becomes an issue when people bring people. That was my whole big idea was like, I'd get this separate building and people could you know use the bathroom out here. And if they brought people, they could sit in that other room. But I, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I make them sit outside. Yeah, I I, I kind of knew to come solo. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't think this is like a bring people. This isn't a plus one affair. You're gonna bring Becky. Yeah, no. My my brother wanted to go. My brother came to Kimmel with me, and and I was like, I think this is just gonna be me. Does he live out here? He does. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What's he do out here? Uh, he oh. works for he's, he works in sales. Oh, uh, he's just out here. He's just out here. He and his girlfriend moved out here. Huh. To get away. They were, were from Chicago. Yeah. They wanted to get out of the weather. Yeah. And uh, it was either New York or LA. They decided to come here. Well, New York wouldn't get you too far out of the weather. Yeah, no, it, I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's all over. Well, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing. Like, uh, it is. It, uh, I agree with you. People are garbage and the earth is uh, dying. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's just like, I, you know, it's, yeah, it, it, every turn, it's just like, you, you forget about it for a second. Like, you can have, like, those moments yeah. of solace with yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, even just at the airport. Yeah. The, the ma- everyone's in a mask, which I'm for. Sure. Like on a germ level, on yeah. a people are gross level, like yeah. cover your face. Sure. But it, it's it's a it's a harbinger. It's like it, 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 it's sure. an omen. It doesn't look good. It's not an omen. It's here. Yeah, <laughs> it's an it's omen a, for not, a second from now. It's not. It's not a sign yeah. that this is how it's going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but it was it was weird. You know, like I watch you, and then like I'm like, yeah, you know, I know this. Like there's because you do what I do, kind of. You know, not in a bad way. You know, there's only a couple of guys that talk about themselves that thoroughly and think about the world that, you know, sort of engaged and angrily and cynically. It's, I just related to where you were coming from. Sure. Because I can see how you built yourself. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you can see that. Um, yeah. The way I would put it is like if we were videos at Blockbuster, <laughs> we'd be on the same wall. Yeah. Yeah. The one that no one rents. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the well, weird, you know, small cult wall yeah, of right. uh, aggravated Jew comics. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Jeff's picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff, the angry guy, yeah. the brooding guy. Do do you do you find do you feel yourself getting territorial when someone comes along and either echoes some of the same themes or same uh, you know impetus for, yeah. for, for for what you're doing you know because obviously you you've been around uh, longer than I have and I, sure. I I can relate to that I mean I'm not you know I haven't been around as long but I've been around long enough for another generation to exist right underneath me quote unquote in the chronological sense and so I I, I think I can relate to the feeling of feeling like uh, you know, threatened? if someone's encroaching territory, yeah. a little threatened, yeah, well, I mean, and, and not not so much because better or worse. It's just well, the thing is, is that there's only like a handful of people that do what we do at any given time. You know, there's not a lot of people doing you know relatively progressive, cynical uh, cultural commentary. It just, it just right. isn't right, and there aren't that many people whose heroes might be Hicks or Stanhope or you know whoever you know Louis, whoever you know moves you in that direction towards sort of an angry revelation type of comedy that isn't, uh, at this point, there seems to be a lot of that going on in, in a kind of hackneyed sense in the anti-woke crowd. Right. But, that, but that's different. You know, they're, they're taking it a different direction, and it's not, it's, it's not really uh, humanistic, even in a 
sort of a Hicksian misanthropic you know, way. They seem to be taking some of the worst parts right. of uh, the people we're talking about without yeah. the, the, the weighted humanity, right. without the, you know, right. levity, without like the thing that makes it what it is. It's, it, it, it's, it's like, and it, and those types of comics that you're talking about, mm. you know, the, the ones that inspired, you know, people like me and yeah. also the, the other kinds of people you're yeah. talking about, I think, you know, what, they generated a kind of backlash that has now it's kind of been like reverse engineered like where people are looking at the linchpin of those comics is like they generated this kind of uproar and so people i feel like are seeking the uproar as a way to essentially validate themselves as that type of comic well, that's interesting. But like, ultimately, historically, what I think is that, you know, those guys are, you know, and, you know, Doug is still alive. And yeah, I think he's the, really the only true uh, proprietor of, of that envelope pushing business. Uh, but, you know, no one, Hicks is a comic phenomenon. He's, he's a myth among us. Mm-hmm. You know, he generated very little uproar. He, you know, he had a hard time making a buck in this country. Yeah, sure. So, but, you know, getting cut from Letterman and right, the religious was, right backlash. When, yeah, but that at was the time still very, was like a real very thing. small. Sure, was, you know, in sure, relatively speaking. Sure. But I think what you're doing, uh, what you're saying, is probably true in that the the drive shaft of of uh, you know fuck you-ness has been co opted and misdirected. Well, yeah. I mean, even even on the small scale, I mean, it doesn't matter when you're if you're watching a, a Hicks clip on YouTube and yeah. you see the crowd turning against him, and you see him <laughs> saying, you know, Hitler had the right idea; he yeah, was just yeah. an underachiever. Yeah. You see that kind of acrimony existing between the audience and the fact that he was overlooked makes people say, okay, so if I'm also neglected by the mainstream, I must that's be like, doing. Yeah, amazing. it's like a it's a it's a it's badge a cop of honor, out. right? It's a badge it's of a honor, marketing tool. Right, but now, and we're getting into the weeds, I just feel that, you know, anti-woke anger is the new hack, and a lot of unfunny people can cop the disposition and then blame their lack of ability to get work on the fact that they're just too, you it's, know. But, but it's, all, it's all promotional. It's all, I, I, get, I get that. I get that, but it's, it's, it's only going to work with a small bunch of people. Yeah, it's promotional, but I mean, there's a bunch of secondary anti-woke dudes that are not going to get work unless they're touring with the primary anti-woke dudes. So you're saying it's a grift. Well, I'm I'm saying that it it serves a purpose, and and, and it it seems to be fueled by almost nihilism. Like, there is no belief at at stake here. There's no principle. I think that that nihilism is being exploited by somewhat fascistic forces to do sure. it, to do its bidding. And sure. I mean, that's the problem is when you see guys you've known for 20 years lock into this mindset around language that is just operating to, to sort of fuel the fire of wrong-minded bullshit on a tribal level. And what, you know, what they're calling their fans is really just this army of fucking meatheads that, <laughs> that aren't really comedy people. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, if, if people are, you know, a ticket is a ticket in, in, in some no, people's I get minds. I get that. Like, I'm not saying that, but like... To me, and this is, yeah, maybe this is the weeds, I don't know, but like the after Trump, it's kind of just like, okay, so ha- having a lot of people support you or follow you is meaningless. But it doesn't like, mean oh, that you're saying anything good or right or correct. No, it just means you can get through to them and they'll give you money and you and you yeah. make you satisfy some you know broken part of their fucked upness uh, and and elevate it. Yeah, you're speaking you to them on, on an emotional them. level yeah. without you, it being emotionally complex. You like, validate you're act, them. You're, yeah, yeah. You're validate activating their, a part of them. But the thing that is concerning is that you know I I've been doing this bit on stage about that about like 
you know, I'm not one of these comics that you'll ever hear say like, right, fellas? Because I don't even know what you guys do. I'm not you guys. Who the fuck, you know, hears right, fellas and goes, that's me. You know, you're doing something wrong. Right? right. So, like, cause me, like, I don't identify with hardly anybody. I get, you know, I can get things, you know, in common with some people, but I've sort of like fought to have my own self. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what you're supposed to do, right? To actually be a free thinker. So, if we got into this racket, you know, to, uh, to sort of get our thoughts, which I think is what you do. You do that, and that's why I did it. I didn't get into this because I felt like I was an entertainer. Right. I got into this because I thought it was a, a reasonable place for me to find myself and to figure out what the fuck my truth is and yeah. how to, you know, and how to be seen. Yes, yeah, stand-up was uh, a language that I kind of just implicitly understood. You know, I watched stand-up and I was like, I think like this, you know, like this is kind of how my brain works. I didn't know this was anything. I thought this was just like weird, isolating rumination. Yeah. I didn't think that this was, that this had an outlet. And so there was something super liberating about, you know, seeing people that spoke to me in that sense and, and saying, okay, this is a place where I can, like you're saying, iron out, you know, some of my own- You can own choose your own territory. Inner identity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And if I started to feel like I was- being you know embraced by like uh you know uh, a, a, a group clan yeah it, it, it always feels a little uncomfortable well yeah because like that's like that's something different and it, it it you know you attract what you are so i imagine just from watching your stand-up and look i identify with where you're coming from you know in you know in terms of having you know selfish parents philandering father what you know that kind of stuff <laughs> Right. You know, I mean, I had that, but I mean, I didn't have the hearing thing, but we can get into that. But like that, my point was like that there's some sort of tribalization going on. And that right now there seems to be a fine line between, you know, mainstream, you know, comedy shows and rallies. What I always got into it for was to sort of have a small audience, work the shit out and have a revelation each show, you know, for myself and for other people and to get somewhere. Yeah, or or even you know in between the shows where sure. you do the bit, you do the set, and then you you're thinking. Sometimes I can you know think most clearly about the act or about the bit about the material when I've just done a version of it because it's fresh in my mind. Yeah. And I'm able to replay it in my head almost like you know sitting in the back sure. of the room of my own show. Yeah, and so you can you're kind of fresh and the adrenaline's kicking and you're kind of walking around after the set thinking about yeah, it what and a sticks? lot of times yeah the clarity comes in yeah. there where you know there's something that you add there's something that changes oh, yeah. or shifts yeah. and, and but but like you say when you're talking about personal things even if it's not literally personal it's not literally about your life you know these things are are, are close to you those revelations that you have comedically can also be you know a personal revelation well, where always, oh, this is what i think or this is how sure, i feel sure about you don't it. know how you think until you say it and then like you don't know where it's going to go until it goes mm-hmm. but but I just know that from what you're doing up there, we, you know, I, you know, you're not looking for, you know, mainstream success. And, you know, sadly, you know, I'm further down the line than you. Sure. You know, with, you know, some of the things you're wrestling with and, you know, not everybody's like us. <laughs> so, so that's going to be the weird kind of, you know, crossroads It's sort of like you have to accept the fact that people are laughing because they're like, what the fuck is this? Sure. So, and then, yeah. right. And then you're going to have to accept the fact that, you know, how different we are. And then you start to accept the fact that, like, I'm sharing these emotional uh, handicaps in an effort to, you know, figure out who I am, but also in an effort to be seen by like minded people. And I continue to do that. But, like, there's nothing simple about what you're doing. Right. Or what I'm doing. And you've, you, and you've decided that. 
Well, do you, do you also, so, so something that I've been wrestling with recently is I think I used to be much more gung-ho about the idea that I was working it out both personally and professionally in the same forum. And something that I've come to, you know, I'm, I'm 36, yeah. and so that's, you know, that's not old. Right. But it is the first time I've ever felt not young. Yeah. You know, like sure. I'm not the young yeah. guy. Like right. There's other people around. Yeah. Like, I don't know who the fuck you guys yeah, are, what yeah. you do. Yeah. Like I go to the Lower East Side in New York, you know, especially yeah. after the pandemic, because yeah. like I'm two years older, but the Lower East Side is still 22. Yeah. So like it's- they, they, And they all got money. Yeah, I, I don't know what they. I yeah. have literally no idea what these people are operating. Right. On. Yeah, yeah. So, so there is like that is the first time yeah, I've yeah. ever experienced that where there's a legitimate generation that sure. isn't high school kids. Yeah. That's like I yeah, don't know. What I the get. I get what on. you're saying. Like, yeah. oh look, there's yeah, I'm a real grown up. Yeah, they're like doing stuff. There's fresh grown ups that right, are they're younger in than my me. way. Yeah. But they don't know sure. that. Yeah. Anyway, so. You know, this at this age, I've started to you know obviously reflect on that and question that, and I start to look at the people, and I talk about this in in the special. Like I talk about the people that I looked up to, and I see kind of like, you know, comedy is a pretty small world. You either sure. get to know them on some level, yeah. or you're around them, or you, right. you have access to like their offstage happenings, right. or whatever. And some of it's national news, yeah. and so it's like. I look at like where the people have ended up life wise, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, okay, so super inspiring on stage, yeah. but like maybe not so inspiring off stage. And I and I question how connected those two things are for yourself, for, or generally, like well, how I mean, much how much of is it how much are we locking ourselves mm -hmm. into a modality yeah. that prevents a certain type of actual growth because we can always if we need to sure. mine it yeah. and Ask, articulate yeah. it beautifully and all that stuff for something that can be lauded yeah, and something I, can be lauded, but, but you know but not necessarily like it's a risk you know with somebody like you or me that like you, you don't know i mean like you seem to be doing okay right now we'll see how it all lands right sure. but depending on who you are how you handle it it will become a shtick or it won't if you don't let it and it seems that you're compelled to, to go beyond that, like I, I watched this special, and um, you know I have you know, very specific opinions uh, of it because you and I are you know coming coming from the same wheelhouse in a way. You know I paid a different type of attention to sure, it because yeah. I could sense. And to, to answer your question, is I don't find it threatening. But but to finish the thought from earlier, I you know I know there's only a few of us to do this. And so when I, when I see somebody doing it, I'm like, there, there's a part of me that's sort of like, oh, what the fuck is this? But then I realize like, it, it's not the easy path, and there's not that many people that do it. So you know, just hear them out. But but it is funny the the comparisons of because like I know when I'm paying homage to certain things that I've taken uh, in as I've gotten you know through this life. Mm -hmm. Like I know in the last special that I did, End Times Fun, that my you know giant closer, you know, where Mike Pence blows Jesus, that you know, that really isn't my particular style right now, but it does it does it is a tip of the hat to Hicks. I know that mm -hmm. structurally. Mm -hmm. And and I do come from that and I did do that at some point, but I'm highly aware of it. Sure. Like I know when I'm watching you that you know when you when you talk about Fallon the way you mm -hmm. do that you know I watched you know we all talked about Leno Hicks did a right. fairly extensive bit yeah. on Leno that was even more brutal than yours but the same criticism of the same job by a different guy S -s similar criticism yeah. I mean but it's definitely that that's a conscious homage that sure. for sure where where it was something I riffed um you know 
I think I was in DC and it was just kind of like a fun, like I never do voices or impressions <laughs> yeah. of any kind. It was it's kind of just fun, fun. When, you, when you do it once, right? And you're like, you can kind of do it. But like, if you do it on an improv, you really lock in. But then sometimes with me and voices anyways, like when I try to lock in, it's a little trickier. Like when I'm like hot. Yeah, no, it's not. Like I'm not doing a bang like a like on no, the money just doing impression. The vibe. I'm you're doing ju- the vibe. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so it was it was fun. It was silly. I mean, like you know, I, I was I was essentially calling him a sycophant. Hicks's whole thing was the artistic roll call bit, where sure. he's saying like you know he's he's selling burritos, doesn't yeah. need the but money. But the weird thing is, is like that is all, that if you can criticize that, but that's all of it. Right. So you're, you know, you're standing against this flood, right? This tsunami of mainstream entertainment, you know, saying fuck you. And no one really gives a fuck that you say that except three other fuck you people. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, you're going to find yourself having to navigate that world. Yeah. No, right. I mean, you know, even when I posted on Instagram yeah. that I was doing Kimmel, all the comments were like, well, what about Fallon? Or, you know, yeah, like yeah. Uh, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And well, so you, it, you it, say, you it, it's yourself not, up that. yeah, no, exactly. Like, like, well, so then, then there's a question of like, you know, okay, these are what I think. This is like my actual thought. It's so easy to throw stones from the outside, but then I'm also not trying to self-sabotage. I don't want to deny myself. Are you not? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, like, or at least I'm. 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 I'm wrestling that. No, I see that. But because, like, you know, what you do at the end of the special, I'm not talking about cinematically because I don't want to spoil that for anybody. But because I, I, I think it seems that you know whether you intended to or not, because you directed this thing, and we should get into some background with that stuff. But the thing that like stuck with me, like the the one joke that I was you know concerned about, it doesn't matter really. But I ended up. You know, Googling the punchline, then it took me to, you know, this, you know, took me to Zizek, which I, I imagine you've read him or seen uh, him. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm familiar with Zizek. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the thing you're talking about, and we could talk about it if you want, the... The Titanic bit? Yeah. So, well, it's so weird to me. Like, I thought, like, there's a couple bits in there I thought, like, did you rush this hour? Like, did, were you pulling back from, like, because I know you did an hour recently, right? Not too long ago. 2018. Oh, okay, so wow. Yeah, I mean, I was COVID kind of, you know, I, I took basically a year off and, you know. Yeah, I just was like, you know, it's like, all right, we're going to do a Titanic joke. But, but yeah, it was, just, it was only because, like, I liked the joke, but it was something that sounded, you know, familiar, so I went on this little yeah, rabbit the, hole. Yeah, the, the only, I think the line you're talking about is 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 the iceberg as a hero. Yeah, yeah. And um, the article that you sent, so you, I just got it, it was like, hey, Mark might want to talk about this. And so I was looking, I was like, oh, interesting, someone has the same take. And then it right. took me a second to realize that, that like, maybe there was a, you know, I don't know if it was like a, a, a shady accusatory kind of thing. No, but and I mean, I, like, so it got me a little defensive because sure. I was like, you know, I, I know you're not shy yeah. on, on that front. And yeah. so I, yeah, but you know, not I didn't want to enter into you know, a trial. Well, that's what I thought, you know, when he came in, I'm like, we don't really need to get into it. And I've, I've had that experience where, you know, whatever you fill your head with, you know, it's always exciting when, you know, somebody who's a great thinker, you know, you have the same thought. It's always exciting. Sure. You know, and, uh, and like, there is a lot of things out there in the ether and that thing is not a tremendous, like, it's not that, you know, like I could see how somebody yeah, else It's not could, an impossible yeah. thing to sure. think. I mean, sure. especially the initial, I mean, the specifics are mine, but like yeah, yeah. The, the underlying premise of like the, this relationship wouldn't have worked. Doomed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, that's I mean, that's, not, you that's, don't need to know Hegel. Yeah, that's the, to no. get that. You know, I don't need to know Hegel for anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But, but, I, yeah. I, it's just one. Yeah, I don't. I have never tried. Yeah, I can't. I can't do him. I've tried, but I can't. Uh, I can't. There's most of the heavy hitter philosophers are just too dense for me. I, there's a whole language to it that I don't understand. Right. I think. I think you have to like go to school for that and just have learn to know language, the language, and then have Noam Chomsky call you an idiot because he's like it's made up. 
Right. Yeah. Well, no. It's all postmodern is philosophy like, is made up. He's like, they want to sound like scientists, but they're not. They're, yeah. No. It's all. So a game. it's like, all right. Yeah, so it's like philosophy. Well, it's, this is the left. This is the left. Right. Philo- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> philosophy, psychology, theology, metaphysics. It's all sort of like an attempt at uh, at understanding. Yeah. You know, science I mean, and math are different. No, but I think I think there's an interesting thing to say about that, especially when you're coming, you know, doing comedy from a position of sharing point of view and sharing yeah. perspective and insight, and not just making a you know an observation of, of what's in front well, of you, sir, but actually yeah. doing some rumination and some thinking right. about what's going on. You're gonna there's going to be overlap, sure. You know, and I would say, I, I put out four hours of mm. material total. You know, I have uh, that's good through albums and specials. But I'm just saying, like, the, and and. On my second one, there was one line that I did that bothers me to this day because it has that kind of overlap with a with a Stanhope line. Yeah, and it's like I don't need it. I didn't, I didn't need it. I didn't, it, 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 I didn't yeah, see it and say it. Yeah. I said it, and later was like, oh, that, that's similar. Try to change it. Try to manipulate it. Couldn't do it. Recorded it, and that's just what it is. And no one called you on it. No, I mean people people have. I mean, like you know, you get a YouTube <laughs> comment here or there. But I think I've come to terms with that. I'm like, you know what? Like if 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 it's it took me years to come to terms with something like that. If you're putting out four hours of stuff and there's two lines we're talking about but throughout the entirety of the whole thing that's like similar to a person sure, that you look no. up to or that you that you have ingested. Okay, right. That no. that that to me scans still. Yeah, you have to let it go. But but see, that's what I was talking about when you know, in terms of my reaction to you, is that there's only a handful of dudes that we you know we know that we're you're you're not going to compare yourself against uh, Brian Regan, right? Right. So like the dudes that you're going to be worried about, <laughs> there's three of them. Well, apparently, one of them is a Slovenian philosopher. Yes. Well, that's true. He's How funny. far comedy has come. No, you should be flattered <laughs> like, that I was on the verge of accusing you of stealing from Zizek. I mean, it's just like that. That that just makes me laugh as a concept. It's yes, like, it's like how can you how can you take Why would something you, from like, someone who's not making jokes? Well, you can. You, I, yeah, uh, the yeah, perspective. I mean, sure, you, sure, of course. No, it's a, no. That was a premise. It's a premise, and, and what I'm willing to indulge is that. Yeah, it's not that big of a stretch of a premise. Right. Yeah, I and, get. And, it. and and I don't think I would. The irony of that. I mean, there was a, I had a tag to that bit about how you know Revolutionary Road is essentially the the, re, the, the rest of it. The of what would have come out yeah. of that relationship. And I had seen that on a blog, and so I was like, "Oh, really?" And I'm, yeah, it's, I'm, so I, you let it go? Yeah. So I don't no, do it. it. So that's that's just how I I am. I'm not looking to no, score on no, anything no. that I know. I know. And we and if you're a smart guy and you're trying to figure yourself out and you're trying to figure the world out and you're trying to build your point of view and you want to read smart people, you're going to fill your head with stuff, and that's just the way it goes. And, yeah. and a lot of that stuff influences the way you think. I, you know, I know that there are drive shafts that have even been very useful to me over time right. that weren't necessarily mine, but eventually you build your own and it evolves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to concede all of that. Sure. I don't think that that is any kind of um, no. detriment even. I think it's no. just kind of the function of, of Art. the modality. And, yeah, yeah, sure. So, but you are from Chicago? Mm-hmm. Suburbs, yeah. What, which suburb? Uh, a suburb called Deerfield. Deerfield? You know, you know it? Why is that the Jewish part, or is that the- there's a, there's a few Jewish parts? Highland Park or is there Highland a- Park is Jewish, yeah. Lake Forest not so Jewish. Yeah, uh, Buffalo Grove pretty Jewish. It was, it was that area. We went, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I have some uh, close friends or like family friends there, but but you grew up. It's just you and your brother. Yeah, a younger brother, and then uh, our two parents, and they got they got they split when I was twelve. My brother was nine. Oh really? And uh, yeah, then but they both live. Uh, they both live in the area, yeah. And uh, they don't talk to each other. Do you talk to both of them? Uh, 
No, mm. not currently. I don't know. Either if I, of them? Here's the thing. I, I, here's the thing. <laughs> I really want to go here, but I don't know how comfortable I am uh, putting this on blast. But Well, how about like if we just leave it around the stuff that you discuss publicly? Okay. So, like, but like, what did your father do when you were growing up? He's an attorney. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was that like, and and he, and they and your mom does what? She was an art teacher, oh. um, but she's retired. Was she ever an artist? Uh, she paints. Yeah, my mom know. was a painter too. She paints. She 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 got back into it. She was uh, married to a guy yeah. who nobody liked, and um, <laughs> like literally nobody. Like not like he had no. Not just you. No, no. Well, certainly not me. But like none of my mom's family. Like there was not a single fan. Yeah. And so, you know, it was kind of like How a, old were you when they got married? Yeah, yeah. How old were you when you, they got married, the, uh, that guy? 20, they, oh. I, I was 20. So you're a grown person, and you had yeah. to deal with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah I was grown enough yeah, <laughs> for him to scream at me. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The and, second guy. <laughs> Not even the original guy. No, no, he, he, I don't mind. I won't say his name, but yeah. I, he, I don't mind. Um, They're still together? No, oh. no. They got divorced when I was... Uh, my parents are both twice divorced. Like, they wow. were each other's first. They keep trying, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yes. And so... So, my, my point was that when my mom was married to this guy, it was yeah. kind of like this um, Stockholm kind of thing. Oh, and oh, and oh, all of her... Right. The, 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 the sign to me that it was bad, and, you know, other than the fact that yeah. he was this this guy yeah was she she wasn't painting anymore uh -huh. and she wasn't doing anything for herself she wasn't doing anything creative and she's a very creative you know free thinking person yeah um or free flowing person i should yeah. say and uh I, I i i eventually was like hey you're you know this is this is not good you don't you don't do anything i got you this canvas to paint on two years ago for your birthday you haven't touched it it's in your fucking attic yeah like that's sad it, this is this is coming yeah. from you know and, and uh she was so moved by the conversation that you know she's essentially initiated the, the kind of proceedings, and they they end up getting divorced. And so, oh, you, you know, kind of you woke her up. Well, yeah. The irony is the first the first divorce it's not your fault. The second one, <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> if you, if you make it a case, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. This it one, I'm, no, no, I'm I'm on team. Do this. <laughs> I'm not trying to keep this together. This is a different thing. <laughs> Yeah. So you talk about this this hearing thing seems to be the crux of mm -hmm. the neglect. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny how painfully obvious and also how long it took me to discover that it, it is like I, you know, it's always been something I've known about. It's been conscious. You were born with it? Mm, th I think three years old. What happened? I think they don't know. Hearing uh, uh, ear infections and shit. Huh. Maybe, but it, it, it's it's like hair follicle, like the follicles are dead. It's not like they they don't. No one's ever given me a clear answer on it. I've always been like, what what happened? Like that, it could be a million I, things. Yeah, I have ear problems now, and they can't figure it out. Like tinnitus or whatever. I don't know. Like the pressure problems. It feels like uh, like uh, station tube stuff. Like in my left ear, like it gets like like I feel a rumble when I hear things. Mm. Like it sounds like a broken speaker. But pressure's fine. The drum is fine. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't not. I'm not. Not I don't doctor. Know. Yeah, I was really. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I had you over. Yeah. Well, uh, I could leave. Um, <laughs> I had no, MRI just, yesterday. Yeah. Th so, well, they'll, they'll we'll probably see. tell you more than I can. But I was. No, I want you to look. When I was, uh, do you have one of those things? Do you have the? <laughs> My the, dad did the lens he was thing. He's a doctor. One of those yeah, things. A little light. 
yeah, the light, but it's like that like little conic yeah, yeah, shape con- thing. That they really... have. There's all kinds of attachments to those to the lights. The conic are, thing. Yeah, is no, just I've the seen one. them all. Yeah. Uh, all right, go ahead. No, three years old. Uh, yeah, and I was prescribed hearing aids. I think then, or maybe when I was five. And and the way my parents tell the story is like I just didn't want them. And I've kind of always accepted that narrative as just what it was. Like, oh yeah, as a I was stubborn. Yeah, well, exactly. And so, yeah. so, but like, but it's kind of what you're talking about. You don't internalize that right. kind of independence yeah. until you actually, uh, you know, establish it later in life. And then you, then you kind of have to like retroactively go back and apply that same like self identity that you that you come to in your 30s or 40s, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. And then you have to essentially, you know. Uh, transcribe it to your past and it's a very jarring thing yeah I, I I do think that like one of the hardest things about coming to terms with yourself and with who you are and what you've gone through is that you have to ex- acknowledge the fact that this kid that you were it's not a different kid it's you yeah experienced it that way right because when you're going through it there's all sorts of you're, you're you're cultivating all sorts of defenses to prevent yourself from acknowledging that this is happening yeah right whether it's anger or or dissociation or whatever it is yeah. and then if you ha- if you are trying to you know re- reconnect with yourself you have to go back and look at yourself as that kid and say no he was going through that it wasn't this other thing that he had imagined. It was this. It was uh, neglect. It was isolation. It was pain. It was it was agony. So it's horrible, like to really, you know, that the it's almost like this weird, uh, almost uh, narcissistic empathy experiment, where you know you, I have to you know place myself into myself as a five year old or a six year old, you know, in these points of trauma and experience that feeling of. Weird of horrible pain and lack of control. I don't know if it's narcissism. No, it's not narcissistic. I mean, self-involved maybe. Self. Well, but but even but there's like a a judgment attached to that, and I'm not trying to be all new agey about it. But it's like, yeah, like self-involved, meaning like in a literal sense. Okay, well, how about the? How about it's an experiment in time travel? It is. Yes, through. uh, Okay, you don't have to label it self-centered or self-aware, but it, it is a an attempt to excavate your your heart from the younger part of yourself that felt it being broken. <laughs> yeah, no, right. I, I mean, and 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 you know, I don't think like connecting with yourself or exploring yourself is inherently, you know, a self-involved or selfish. No, I don't mind it. I, I spend it, and I, I only meant narcissism in that. That there, you're literally looking at a reflection of yourself based on what you think you were going through at that time. So I wasn't using it in a clinical sense. I think <laughs> I was using it just in this, like, like the, the exercise the of sense, it, like the narcissist, almost, almost, yeah. you know, only that it's only a sad kid <laughs> that, right. that's in the mirror, looking back yeah. in the yeah, pond yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. no, right. It, but but like, but even that, even like, uh, it was very easy for me to categorize my yeah. childhood as sad. But is is a much difficult, uh, much more difficult phenomenon to like feel that yeah and right to, like, right let right. myself know like know what that sadness feels like how'd you do it um a lot of uh, therapy really I, yeah you know i was going to i was seeing a therapist regularly and then we started going twice a week how old are you Currently? when you went to a therapist oh i mean i started going when i was 13 oh really yeah but then it was kind of on and off I after the divorce right after the yeah divorce. pretty much like you need therapy that was that's that a, was one of the i think i that's I don't your know problem Right, they're like you need therapy. I was like, uh, you need therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, but but I would say only recently have I 
fully like committed to it like the last few years where I was going regularly and then it up to twice a week and then my therapist recommended doing it four times a week you know that's essentially psychoanalysis old school yeah it's just well so so it's interesting and something happened over COVID that was kind of a revelation um, because of the hearing thing I can't do the whole sit on the couch while the therapist is behind you because I can't if I can't see you I mean, this is different. I have headphones on right now, but if I can't see your mouth, it's very hard for me to hear what you're saying. We experienced this earlier. You were trying to tell me which way to go. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I couldn't hear what you were saying. Um, so if she's behind me. I can't hear what she's saying, or I'm stressed out. And don't it's not they, you don't have hearing aids now? I do. Oh, I do, but it's still it's just not it's not okay. perfect. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, they're in there deep. Yeah, they're yeah. The new kind. <laughs> have you done any research on this? No. Yeah. No, they're they're newish and they came out in like 2008 and I was a pretty early adopter. I was by far the youngest person to like I would go to the you know, the audiologist it's me and people who like can't hold their heads up. It's right. you know, like it's it's Was it like a uh, a miracle? Um I had played with a different kind before, so yeah. it was maybe like a, a more of a gradual slope up. Um but yeah, I mean, I couldn't get by. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do anything without him. I couldn't have lunch with friends. Yeah. Would, it, it's not even like I could. Like I could do it. It would just be so fucking stressful, and I would be working so hard. But you never learned. You know, you never had to sign or do any of no, that. No, because stuff. I was. I kind of straddled worlds. Like I faked it, dude. I like I. I didn't wear hearing aids till I was in my early twenties, like twenty twenty one. Really? Yeah. And so you faked it. For whose sake? Your parents? I don't know. That's the thing. I I, I just did it. Like it was just. It. I didn't want to acknowledge right. whatever that meant, and I was never, you know, forced or encouraged or. I mean, I encouraged that you know they suggested it. They they were willing to do it, but it was really up to me, which I don't think it should have been, but. I, it was never, there was no programs. I was never like, you know, linked with any sort of social workers yeah. who like specialized in this stuff or speech pathologists, anything like that. I, I think part of the problem was, and this isn't even me like patting myself on the back. I think like I excelled in pretty much everything that I did just on a like, you know, uh, material level. Yeah. Like, like my grades were always A's and I was like, you know, I, I played baseball and I was good at baseball. And so I think if I was getting like F's, They'd be like, what the fuck is going on? And we have to diagnose something. But you sort of like, you double engaged, you know, to compensate probably in a way. I, yeah. I, you know, it's so funny to now think about what I was doing because at the time it was second nature. I didn't think this was anything. Yeah. This is just what, you know, I would have to sit. But you wanted to be at least normal. You knew I did. that. I did. I did want to be, yeah. That is a, yeah. a very hard thing to uh, say and think, but it's it's absolutely true. Like it's, it's hard in the sense that it's emotional. Yeah. Um, I very badly did. I, di- I didn't want to be different, and I and I didn't want to be a burden. Right. You know, like like even saying like you know what, like yeah. like asking people to repeat what they said. Yeah. I would feel like this, and maybe it was all in my mind. That yeah. There was this like resentment toward me for making them repeat what they just fucking said. Right. And so I didn't want to do that, and so I would fake it. I would act as if I heard it. I would. So were you can you were constantly projecting what you thought people were thinking about you, like you know like like I'm annoying if I say what and I yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and 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 they would because I never talked about it until maybe I was 18. Wow, that's a long time. So people didn't know. Yeah. So like if I said what they thought I was either stupid or not, not paying attention, yeah. so they would get annoyed on the on those grounds. Yeah. But like you know nobody would. My, my friends aren't like true assholes. Like right. they, if if they knew. And certainly, as we've gotten older, they 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 
they look out for me in that way, you know, which I'm appreciative of. But yeah, it, it was that is a, a major source of, of all this shit. Like that whatever the level of disconnect and the fighting with myself and just even like this kind of uh, unfortunate irony of like craving solitude and also hating it. Right. Because like I, I, I wanted to get away from people because they stressed me out. Yeah. I had to be working 10 times as hard to try to ascertain what was going on. And so I just wanted to get the fuck away. I felt I felt relaxed when I was at home alone, watching TV, playing video games, you know, looking at porn on the internet, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Like, or even in my room, just like talking to myself. Yeah. Because you know, I think I I might have said this on stage before, but you never mishear yourself. Yeah. You know, you're always your inner monologue says something. You're never like, Wait, yeah. Was the, that? the problem is when you have two going. <laughs> oh no! I, believe <laughs> me, I, I yeah. You you can you can get, you can get a bunch of uh, a bunch of voices yeah. out there, but but. I, I crave that kind of solitude just be, just to give me some relief from the stress that came with being with people. But then at the same time, solitude is incredibly hard for me because like I also crave connection. Well, that's what uh, that's like. It's a perfect recipe for stand up. Well, because you can hear that. yourself. You decide what's being said. People hear you. Right. And you have complete control over that thing. Right. Right, which which I think is p- why I, I I struggle with the sort of unilateral nature of it because I'm looking for connection here, and this is the closest I've come to it. But I think I realize that it isn't what I need it to be. Sure, and and, and but but I think that what happens and what will happen as you get older is that you might get some more joy out of it if if you f- figure out how to engage that part of your vulnerability yeah and and that certainly is you know what i hope to do and then also but also off stage and find a way yeah. to supplement not supplement but but get the connection right in life, Have a life. and then the stand-up can be more of a um you know an extracurricular exploration of this thing rather than like a, a need Right, a need, and also you can uh, share not, with people as opposed to try to get something from it, or, or and and not limited to, you know, the range of your uh, emotional perception at this time. Like if you get out more and you build a life where your life becomes bigger, or you let go of some things, then you might bring that on stage, and it broadens your perspective. A, a million percent, a yeah, million yeah. percent. I I think that the posture of of you know. Look at me versus I want to share this with you. Yes, it it, it it can be potentially a game changer, and that's like you know something that I'm. You're waiting for it. I'm challenging myself to do it. No, like that's you know. Yeah. Because obviously, I I don't think um, I don't think anyone wants to watch an artist, no matter what kind, musician, filmmaker, uh, comic, just uh-huh. repeat themselves and impersonate themselves. Uh-huh. I think like if there's no growth happening, right? You know, then well, what yeah. the fuck is the point? I mean, I, I guess I have to acknowledge that like I feel very lucky that I didn't. I wasn't stressing during that time in terms of Oh, yeah, but you started to say something. You didn't finish about therapy and and COVID. Oh, yeah. Uh, The the happy accident of that was because I can't do the, you know, psychoanalysis, that kind of classic couch therapist behind the couch. The the purpose of that is so you can kind of free associate stream of consciousness. You're not not burdened by the visual stimulation of the therapist's reactions. Yes. You're looking into the ether, closing your eyes, whatever you're doing. Um, I can't do that, but over the phone throw on headphones all of a sudden I can and so it, it was this weird thing where I, I started doing therapy no zoom it was yeah. just over the phone right put on the headphones lie down on my own couch yeah close my eyes yeah. and I was like oh this is a completely different thing huh. than talking to someone who's in a chair yeah and I felt com- like so liberated by it 
And then the repetition, it's four times a week. So you're doing it every Monday through Thursday. So yeah. Basically every day. So like you like do it and you're like, oh Jesus. And you don't have any time to recover. It's like a back to back. Yeah. The NBA, whatever. It's like, all right, we're getting the next morning you wake up, you're like, I gotta fucking do that again. And right. So you're like already reeling from the thing before. And that's the purpose is it keeps you open and you know, you're not able to zip it back up and then have to undo it for 45 minutes once a week and yeah. zip it back up so yeah. there, it was it's exhausting like it's truly sure. it's truly exhausting and so I but I found through that I was able to tap into some things that that felt new oh good that's good yeah and so okay so you do well in school and then where you go to college I went to University of Illinois for a couple of years I uh, was an engineering major really I was a good like math and science yeah yeah, and uh, it's funny. I went back home years ago, and yeah. I was like, digging through old stuff, and I was deciding like, should I, you know, should I stay in school? Like, I kind of like comedy. Should I write? Blah blah blah. And I was like looking for some kind of sign, and I found like some old certificate in my like you know my drawer from yeah. when I was a kid, and I found this certificate. Some test I took in high school, like the standardized, you know, not not the SAT, but like something like that some some assessment thing and it was like you excelled in math science and writing and i'm like well this is not fucking helpful huh well one of them was it, well it's just it was just like it was just like which you know is there so am i better at one should i follow something it's like well you, you could do either of these if you want and so like, you didn't finish no i dropped out uh a couple of times I had a rough go in college. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I took all these AP classes in high school, and so I was like a sophomore when I went to college. Yeah, like academically, and like I was, a, I didn't know how to be a person. Yeah, I couldn't hear anybody. I was so lost. Yeah, yeah. and so I just I didn't go to class. I played Madden, got high, I yeah. discovered weed, and that was kind of it. <laughs> but I, then slowly I built myself up, got did better in school. By my first semester junior year, I got all A's, and then I dropped out. Yeah. And then I went back, dropped out again, then I moved back home. To I was taking classes at- To like, Deerfield? Uh, yeah, I was, staying, yeah. I, was, I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, uh, doing open mics, and I was doing, uh, I, was, I was in school up there at University of Illinois Chicago. Yeah. And then it was too much. I was like, these three things I can't do. I can't what, work. cheesecake? <laughs> I uh, can't do cheesecake. Comedy, uh, comedy and Comedy and, and, and class. Yeah, the three C's. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so I was like, I had to pick two. And so I was like, well, I can't not work. So I dropped out of school. That was the last time. And then- just started doing open mics and moved to the city, and then that was kind of how. It, then I started wearing hearing aids, and that was like kind of when this part of my life started. And so, when was that? Twenty uh, two thousand eight. Really? Yeah. Now, like, who do you see as your generation of guys? Because I I've never seen you before. I don't know why, but you ended up in we, New York. No, right? we, we 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 we've seen each other. I, I I did a guest spot for you. I want to say ten years ago at, at Bloomington, Indiana. Oh yeah. Yeah. I Jared. like that room. Yeah, it's a good room. Jared Jared uh, wanted you to see me, and I think he, I think I remember what he said. You said, <laughs> I think you watched me. Yeah, and then like you went back into the green room. You're like somebody's listening, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. And then I think I saw you in Chicago. You saw me at the main stage. Those were always pretty fun shows. Main stage. Yeah. Somebody asked you a question that I thought was awesome. This woman shouted out. She's like. When are you going to enjoy your success? Yeah. That's a hard heckle. <laughs> there's no there's no quip for that. There's no like I like uh, that you remember the heckle but not my response. I think you kind of just I think you kind of just were like, yeah, I, I I'm trying, you know, I am. Yeah, I don't think I, I'm saying I don't, you don't think you had a haymaker for no, that. No, of course not. I don't have a haymaker for anything. <laughs> you got all. them in there. They're in there. No, yeah, I guess so, but it, it, it usually it 
it, it depends on the moment. Like, I can't think of, like, I don't have, like, a, a list of things that I know use or use as retorts. I hate crowd work so much. Do you? I hate it. Hmm. I absolutely hate it. I don't like it because, like, if you really, like, for someone like me, because I, I, I do like to communicate, and I can get, and over the years, I've gotten pretty open, you know, so, like, I, I like there, there are moments where I'm like, sure, get me real. Let's, let's get off of this. You know, what, what do you want to do? I'll engage. Well, well, let's do it. But the problem with it is, is like that tone, you know, conversational me, which is funny, you know, going back into the act. Yeah, right. Then, you, you know, you're kind of fighting with yourself. Yeah. You know, if you have real good crowd work, it, you can't go back. Well, it's, it's just a different thing. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a joke where everyone is living the premise. And then right. for you to pull some other thing, like, so I was thinking about this, like, exactly. no, we were just like, living in the premise, well, and you, you were know, just adding the punchline. Well, what I do when I do it is I go like, okay, can we go back to the act? Can we just go back You're right. Let to me the just, thing? Yeah, can I just, can I, I have the can I put the needle back on yeah, the record? Yeah, I, I have the prepared stuff. Yeah. It's very it's, good. Yeah, it's just a different, it's a different, it, it's a different yeah. vibe. I don't it, mind it, though. I just feel like the things that can excite a crowd in crowd work are often dumb. Yeah, well, it's just like doesn't take a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's a specific thing, and you're so excited that you're in the moment. Yeah, they, you know what you can say. Yeah, and I, I often will just not say it, and I'm like, this, I know what you know because I've done it. We know middling, whatever. Like when I was like coming up, and you just got to get, you got to survive in a way. Like, oh yeah, they would laugh at the dumbest fucking thing oh, yeah, yeah. because it happened here. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying they're dumb for laughing. They think they're witnessing something that's never going to happen. Again. Or just, you know, it's exciting because yeah. they don't know. They they know that you don't know. And then you and then you watch crowd work comics like there's a couple around just do the same, you know, at least 80% of the same Yeah, crowd show. work is, f- is fake. Yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it. <laughs> like, like this, it's like we're already pretending this is off the cuff and we know it's not and yeah. you're doing like an art form on top of that yeah. that is claiming to be like no really off the cuff that's also fake right I like doing like just I just like talking sometimes because like so many of my fans are used to so many different facets of me that I, I have the freedom to do it like you know if they really engage me with a question we, like you know like how are your cats or did you get that thing looked at on your head well, I, I would you imagine know? I mean it has to be the case that every single person coming to see you has listened to you talk more than they've listened to you do stand maybe like yeah, I get like there's all different places they come from now you know, from like the globe, some people like don't know anything about the podcast. Oh, they, sure, sure, it's sure. weird. You know, like it, it, like I never know when someone goes, "I really like your show." I'm like, well, which one? Yeah, what? Right, right. You can't be that guy. You're the, no, but you, well, you're the guy in the the classic joke, the guy at the yeah, the comic yeah. at the bar. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early yeah. show relationship. Yeah. Show. Well, how do you know that joke? I mean, how? What's your version? Oh, like uh, comic, uh, you know, d- does shows on, f- f- you know, finishes my, Friday my, or Saturday, goes to the bar next yeah, yeah, door. And this yeah. girl's like, oh, yeah. you're, you're, so, you're, you're I, so, you know, funny. hitting on him. You're so funny. Yeah. yeah. Which show? Which yeah. show? Yeah. You see earlier this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like and that's that like that's, but that's the, this is this is the slightly more successful yeah. version of that. It's like sure. I like your show, the, the TV or the radio. Yeah, because I yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> the special. We well, always want to take one? it away from them. You know, it's sort of like oh that yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> right. It's like oh no, you shouldn't like that yeah, one, yeah, you yeah. idiot. You got to listen to the other thing. Yeah, yeah, this is this this episode of this thing. Yeah, that, I've become very gracious as the years have gone by. You know. Yeah, don't I take feel the, like you. Sh- I feel like yeah. Don't take their experience away from them. I feel like you, you've done well. Yeah, I've done all right. I have. Like, what do you? What else? Do you, what do you want? The, I'm happy. Uh, the I, garden. Get out of here. The garden. Yeah. Like, what do you? No, no, I can't do that. You're just saying. What do you want? I have no idea what to do with that. I, you know, I'm fine. I, you know, I really am. You know, the happiness element is. 
you know what you talk oh you didn't really address like i've addressed happiness you addressed love you go do a deeper source in the special <laughs> what, is, what is love really um yeah i'm okay man you know i'm okay I, there's a lot of things that you know seek resolution you know i don't know you know where i stand in you know in moving forward with relationships and i don't uh but i have made conscious efforts now to do things that i've always wanted to do without fear you know that's good and uh you know try to enjoy things and 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 at least acknowledge you know what i do enjoy and and allow it as opposed to just be compulsive about behavior you know well do you feel do you, do you find that that compulsion influences the relationship outcomes as well like the compulsion can be does not have to be an a, like an, a, a behavior it can be a mode of thought sure like it could be like it's really comfortable sometimes for me to attach myself to a more uh, you know a fantasy mm. or a, a type of dynamic that's exciting yeah but obviously has no legs and obviously is doomed and it's yeah. obviously only gonna end in nothing or hurt me or yeah. hurt them or you know it's like it, it yeah. but there's something that i compulsively will follow about that because it's it just speaks to me so clearly yeah but you start to know better no no, right i I think i'm getting that point but as someone you know again you're you're i just don't know like how to well yeah well that kind of stuff like you know how many times can you make that mistake like you know because like as you get older too you know more so than not you're not it's you're not going to walk away from it you know well sometimes if you're lucky and the other person's compulsive too, and they're kind of like, oh, what was that? I don't know, but we're good. Yeah, and you can walk away kind of free. But, you know, depending on someone else's expectation, you know, someone's going to get hurt, and it's horrible. Yeah, how many times can you heartbreak? How many times can you hurt people? How many times can you hurt I yourself? don't want to do it. I, I, like, don't want to break up ever again. Like, well, I don't want to do it. It's because it's never, I, I'm never, I, I've never broken up with someone, and it's been, like, one of those, like, yeah, you know, we see each other around, and it's, it was, no, we just fell out me, of love. it's like, it's like, you cannot be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I am. Yeah, no, it, 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 and I don't want that, and, and, and I'm not blaming anyone. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I don't want to get involved in something that has that type of tenor where those are the stakes i know but like but we're not normal i'm not saying we're broken but emotionally when you talk about wiring you know if your heart is looking for what you come from then you're going to be in trouble you know well that's but that's the compulsion is to is to give into that or to say to maybe take a step back from that and go wait a minute okay I have this like idea of dating in New York, for example, okay. where it's it, it, you know the, my friends of mine, the friends of mine that are that are single, yeah, and, I, and then I have like the family friends, you know, the people uh-huh. who have yeah, yeah. they're married, sure. having their second kids, yeah, that's that's my world, showbiz, single, and like regular people, yeah, doing the whole thing. Nice, good for you to have friends. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I do okay. Um, interesting. A little side note: the the friends of mine that have kids, seeing them raise children has been instrumental in me realizing the deprivation I experienced as a child. Because hmm. I'm like, oh, I've never seen this right. loving. I mean, it's, it's different variations of it. They're not all sure. the same. But, like, they're all very loving. Their relationships are, for the most part, very good. Like, they belong together. They yeah. care about each other. They respect each other. Yeah. There's a lot of independence in the mm. sense that, like, they're, they don't need anything from their children. They're able to facilitate they're able to be there they're able to facilitate their children's you know you know uh coming into themselves yeah without intruding or neglecting right and or feeling like they're fucking up somehow yeah or or or, or setting up a dynamic where the kid is meant to like make the parent feel better about themselves sure as a the parent. appendage yeah yeah the, you know you're just a your parents appendage the narcissistic the, the you know, narcissistic parents just make you an arm yeah like like they, <laughs> yeah. they can't need you to make them feel good about themselves right. so so i see that and it's been pretty instrumental in me 
you know, realizing things about myself, the the special is dedicated to at the, the very last card is dedicated to, you know, it's a, le- a ten different names, and those are all my friends' kids. Those are all my friends and one of my cousins' oh, that's nice. kids. Yeah, yeah. Because they, I feel like they have truly shown me, like you know, what it could have been or what what it should be or so sure. on and so forth. Um. So yeah, that that was a, a slight side note, but the uh. The single show busy art scene friends uh-huh. in New York. Yeah, there is this kind of thing where we're all like fucked up in a similar way. Especially you know actors, comics, musicians, yeah. directors, performers, people that need to be showcased in some kind of way. I do think it comes from you know like, or at least it goes hand in hand with this idea of like longing for someone to to reach back or something like that, or chasing the thing that is unavailable, so on and so forth, and so. I have this image in my mind of dating in New York, which is like everyone is is chasing after someone who's chasing after someone else who's chasing after someone else. Uh. And it just goes on like that, this kind of recursive loop of people reaching out for someone who doesn't give them the time of day. And I was like, if what if we all just turned around and there's this person who's reaching for you who's available who doesn't make it hard there's no fucking games there's no oh are they going to text back they just do it yeah, and right. it's and and, and 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 they like you but on merit not just because you're anyone but because they get to know you and it's like that feels so fundamentally different from what I'm used to. Sure, but that's like, like it, that's it's it's romantic and I I like it, you know, and but like where's the where's the flaw? There's no flaw in oh. wanting that, but but like my experience has been you have to then be comfortable with that other thing not being satisfied. And and what that's going to do. What does that do? Yeah. <laughs> I no, I do, I do wonder. I'm like, can can we have this? But then also, <laughs> let me just give me like three days out of the month. Don't ask questions. They're not going to be you infidelity can, necessarily. It's just going to be something. But here's the thing, you know. Once you really wrap your brain around honest self acceptance, you know, and get your needs in order, you can ask for whatever the fuck you want. Right. Yeah. And it's and a new world. And maybe you can get it. But like, you know, if you're constantly second guessing yourself or have that shitty voice in your head, you're going to make all these assumptions, you know, moral judgments or, you know, judgments about yourself in relation to them or what they're thinking that there's no way you can be like, well, look, I'm going to fuck someone else once a month. What are you going to do? You know, like after a certain age, if you've got no kids and no real responsibilities, you don't owe anybody anything. What does it hurt to be that honest to see if you can do it? Right, but is is there something alienating about that? Of course, well, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but but, like, but but wait, but but the thing is, it may be alienating, but but maybe not. I mean, you know, like if you're really talking about like sustaining something with somebody that, you know, who the fuck knows? Right. I just know right. that I'm so fucking insecure on some level that I'm just going to do their thinking for them, and I'm going to do their judging of me for them, and I'm going to judge myself for them. Half the conversations I'm in with them, I'm making up. You know, like you know, I'll jump right. into the middle right. of something that I'm having in my head with them, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" Like, "Oh yeah, right." Yeah, like, like, you don't. You know what know. you did. <laughs> you know what you. That's exactly what you were thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Once you get that out of the way, you know, and really own yourself and say, look, look, this is the way I am. Once you like really are, you can be honest with yourself and self-accepting and you have nothing to lose by being honest uh, with the people that you want to be involved with, then there's a certain freedom in that. But it takes a lot to get there, right? Yeah. But I also want to make sure that my honesty isn't just- Weaponized? 
Yeah, well, exactly. It, yeah. It's not just me like repurposing, uh, you know, impulse as honesty. Because like this is, and this goes back. What to do you our, mean impulse? Well, just defensiveness. Like, no, but like you know, like uh, yeah, I want to fuck someone or something. Like, like, like that's an impulse, and so to be like, well, that's just me. I got to do it. Like, like. Well, that, 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 I, well, that maybe that was a bad example. But fine, or whatever it is. Or, or well, oh, here's a good example. Or I'm going to shut down. Well, here's a good example. Like you know, like I've been kind of you know, I've 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 had a rough go of it. You know, my girlfriend died. You know, a year and a half ago or whatever. And uh, you know, it was the beginning of something great, and it didn't happen because she got sick and died. And I never really had any very good relationships, you know, in my whole life. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they were two marriages. None of them, they didn't work out. Now, you know, and I was a monster in a lot of them for probably the same reasons you've been a monster: insecure, yelling, whatever, jealous, uh, whatever. I, the I don't know if I've been a, a monster. Oh, I've been a monster. Yeah, I'm sorry to project. No, it's okay. But uh, it comes uh, to the territory. Sure, um, but you know, like now, like I know where I'm at. And I've seen something horrible. And I felt, you know, like I didn't ever want to break up with anybody again either. And then somebody dies or whatever. That's horrible. It's horrible. So, but like now in this situation I'm in now where it's sort of like, I don't know what I've got in me and I don't know if I can handle this or that. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, this is where I'm at. You know, I am, you know, uh, I'm heartbroken. I'm very, you know, wary of moving forward with something profoundly intimate, but I want to hang out. Right. <laughs> but I don't want you to sweep over, ever. Right. Do, is that it's, okay with you? Yeah, it's the, uh, it reminds me of a, of a Jason Isbell line. Oh, yeah? Uh, heart, heart like a rebuild part. I don't know how much it's got left. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but you know, if like, if I'm trying to honor myself and you know, outside of the, like, well, I'm going to fuck somebody and, you know, like, you know, not the testing thing, but just sort of, this is what I can handle and, you know, if you're okay with it, we can move forward. If you're not, I can't do it. Well, you could also need just time to heal. Yeah, That's of course. That's a pretty traumatic but, thing. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. But but you you still want to, you know, have company and do stuff. Sure. And, yeah. and on that level, it's like this. Well, it's, it's, but stating, that's teaching me sta- that. Stating what you're capable of is, is honesty. It's right. Like, this is what I have room for. Right. And, you know, obviously, just because you're not ready, just because one isn't ready for sure. the thing, yeah. capital T, doesn't mean that they can't interact with people. But I think that's a people. good place to start with what what we're talking about, right? Sure. Yeah. But but okay. So there's a but but there's a difference between capacity, emotional capacity at yeah. this time or whatever, yeah, yeah, right. and like uh, unpleasant kind of just like instincts that you might have just to to you know like for example, if your instinct is to diminish them or in an argument like that can't be honesty no it's not in like, like that's, but like, that's what i meant by repurposing impulse sure. as honesty but one thing i know about being annihilated you know emotionally and and uh, and mentally with with reality is that like a lot of that acting out bullshit the stuff that you do instinctively to avoid whatever you know yourself right feeling exactly that, exactly uh, you know that uh, that stuff starts to tire out I agree, and 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 this kind of uh, dovetails, in my opinion, to some of the stuff you're talking about in, in comedy. I yeah. feel like a lot of impulse is being branded as honesty in comedy, where it's like, sure, the, the, acting out, yeah, anger, and, like, and, and, and being petulant and being like, well, this is like, like I think there's a difference between. Like, like honesty doesn't mean literally saying everything you think at every time. That's not honesty to me because, like, you, that's just. Shitting. Right, because like someone once said to me at an AA meeting, it was genius because I told my, it, like I had said, shared something about telling somebody something that I thought I was really working a good program because I was being so honest. And this guy comes up to me and goes, don't, don't use honesty as a weapon. Right, don't, that's what you said earlier. Yeah, yeah don't weaponize it, it. But that's real, man. 
and how, you know, how yeah it, it it no it is it's like it's I'm just preemptive be, just being honest yeah man it's and like, it's preemptive that isn't honest like like and I think that's kind of what I I start to talk about as well yeah. or I start to think about yeah which is like this idea of honesty uh, as saying what you think versus addressing how you feel mm. those are two different kinds of honesty and I think one is much harder and truer right and the other like, one is like is like, actually like, stifling that yeah like like if you said something to me yeah and it made me upset it made yeah. me defensive and I said something about you that was technically true it's like well i'm just being i'm just being honest but what would be i think more honest is like i'm feeling hurt by what you just said and and maybe that's not as cool and maybe that's you know but that is the honest statement that's what's interesting about doing the kind of comedy that you do or that i do is that you know so much of it is is you know that's that's what's under the surface of it is that you're talking, like lately I've been having this experience where I know the tone I'm talking in and the things I'm saying, where like I'm laughing, but it, it's so close to crying. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and I, and I don't mind it, but I'm wondering like, well, should I just be, is this okay? Is this like, what does this mean? Like so much of that posturing is really about, would, would someone just love me? Would somebody? I defy you. Well, this, but the defying is the kind of that's the that's what's you know driving it away. I know, but like, it, but it, but emotionally, you know, it's just a cry for help. Well, so it's funny because like I, I used to do shows and there would be people who'd come up after me or message me or whatever yeah. and say like you know I, I want to give you I want to give you a hug like, I want to give you a hug <laughs> yeah. and I was always I like I was like that. I was always like oh they don't get it yeah, no, they I don't get it no and, they see and it they get it. They like get they it. got it more than the people who were like laughing yeah, 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 and yeah. and and, yeah, and yeah. saying like oh so funny and is this real like uh, those people who are like I want to hug you they get it because they they they're they're they picking it. up the tenor yeah. that you're talking about that yeah, you're yeah that's not great um I don't know I I think I don't I don't I, it makes me feel very vulnerable not intentionally whereas but, I wish I could just you know speak to that as opposed to exude that. But that's the vulnerable thing is that you don't have control over it. Is that is that is that despite your efforts to control it, to dictate the terms, they're getting something that you can't control, and that is vulnerability. No, it's I like, know that, but but like, why leaking. not be in that? Why I know I get the leaking. I think you said that in the special, but the but but why not you know not leak? Why not just be in it? Why why be the vessel? Well, but then that's just trying to control the leak. I guess you know what I mean. I'm not trying to get too abstract, but like it, it, it what you're the, the leak is inherent in the vulnerability. It's like is you're, you're going to be in order to be vulnerable, you have to be willing to be communicating something that you might not be aware you're communicating. No, but but yeah, but I mean, but you're not what you're what you're communicating is uh, this this attempt at hiding your vulnerability. Because you know, if somebody's right. if, if half the audience is laughing and then three people are like, "You okay?" Oh, you're you know, saying why not just forget the the facade and yeah, yeah. I'm not okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's kind of I mean I, I I do kind of you know yeah that, do that, that at I, the end yeah well but kind of the, the, or at least point to what that would sure be and I think that like it is tough because you are trying to put on a show sure like you, you you're not you're not a uh you know a lunatic but there's people like, that put I'm on gonna... shows dude there's like there are people in our business <laughs> who do it because they love the love. Right. And those kind of people who go up there and sing a song, do a little dance, or, or just embrace something you know beautiful and nonsensical, they're living in it. And they're very entertaining. And people leave going like, that was so fun. Right. Yeah, but who knows what the mechanics of that are. Okay. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I sure. Who, who know? I, I don't know what makes them tick. I don't no, know. I don't either. They could get backstage and like you know jerk off into a cup and <laughs> throw it against the wall and drink a half gallon of booze. I know, probably. No, right? There are. I, I've I've known people like that. Yeah, me too. Who, where it's just like you're it, a mess. It, you well, liar. It's, it's not they're a mess. It's just like oh, this isn't. There's nowhere to put that anywhere else. Yeah. So when. Like who's your who are your guys that you came up with? Do I know them? Did you come up? You're you're the one behind Pete Holmes and uh, Hannibal and that yeah, crew come yeah, out. So Hannibal was there for like a year when I started. Uh-huh. So we overlapped for a little bit of time. Then he moved to New York. Um, a lot of the people, uh, Beth Stelling, yeah, came up uh, with me in Chicago. Yeah. Um, um, she's out here, right? She's out here. Yeah. Cameron Esposito was there. Oh yeah. And I'm trying to think of. Yeah, who like moved out? But what what rooms did you come up in? Did you do mainstream rooms or most of those alt ones? Uh, I helped start a room called Comedians You Should Know oh. in Chicago, which uh-huh. still exists. I mean, I you know I have I. But wasn't there a place called like the Lodge or something? Lincoln Lodge. Lincoln yeah, Lodge. I, I, I did that. I would kind of do everything, but I was never anyone's. But never Zanies. I did Zanies. Yeah. Oh yeah. So then you like what brings you to New York? You just decide to go. You had a ceiling in Chicago. I mean, the, the, you know, I came up at a time where. You know, we were starting to get a little bit of industry where yeah. the Montreal would come there. They had like JFL Chicago yeah. for a couple of years. And so people were, people were starting to pay attention. And I think once the Lakeshore went under, which was April of 20, uh, 2010, yeah. um, the Laugh Factory bought the space, yeah. gutted it, changed everything, made it a Laugh Factory. And that kind of brought with it a little bit of a commercial yeah. viability to Chicago in, a, in both good I, and bad ways. But I went ways. in there once. I never worked there. It seemed weird. It's it, 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 I mean, Structurally weird. It's weird. It, it's it's different than the one... I don't work at the he, Laugh Factory. Yeah. What are you, a store a store guy? I'm pretty much all store when all I'm here. All store all the time? Yes. But in terms of like, I never felt like I... In Chicago, I did. I had some, I had some guys that we kind of came up with. That we yeah. kind of came up together. Yeah. But a lot of them are still there. And so I, I never felt part of a crew and did you like you got you were did you write at snl yeah for a year how was that not good <laughs> it, does anyone ever say it? it was awesome yeah the ones that were treated well or the ones that are still there sure like, or, for, or no one's there for one year it was like it was sick no was, one year usually means it was not good it, well it's just of course it's like they're, they're yeah um i wrote for a weekend update it was the year of the election the 2016 election you're which, writing for che and yeah. uh yeah yeah i got maybe four jokes on the entire season oh and you I, just sat there beating yourself up, or no? I, I kind of didn't. It, you know, it was weird. It's like it wasn't a, like a lifelong dream of mine. I didn't even apply. I got asked to do it, and by so who? it was uh, by Che. Oh, and so she I didn't. Chicago guy? No, che, no, Che's not. Che's New York. Oh yeah, Che grew up like Larissa. Yeah, yeah. Or New Jersey. I yeah, forget exactly where. Yeah. But um, uh, so it wasn't like there. Pl- I didn't play any the, the 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 you know let me stay here game. Yeah, you know everyone dressed up. <laughs> Not not to sound like, but like everyone dressed up on Saturday would wear like a suit on sure. show night. I'm like, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not wearing a suit. I'm not even on. Yeah. No one sees me. Yeah. I'm in the writer's room. I'm in the office. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. So I would wear what I'm wearing now. Like I'm not. I don't dress like a schlub, but like yeah. you know, I'm yeah. not. So I kind of helped. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. It was just stuff like that where I was just like, I'm not. This isn't. I'm not like giddy to be. So here. was this stand up's always been the thing then? Yeah, stand up has always has always been the thing, and that's something that is on its own kind of uncommon. So, right now the the push is do you, you'd like to have a draw. Um, yeah, more so than now, just the freedom to do things kind of on my own. Uh-huh. Like I don't want to be reliant on anyone, but I don't have uh, 
fantasies of fame or massive anything. But just to, but no, but like you're like 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 for me, like I have, you know, I can sell some tickets now, and people yeah. know me. Yeah, not not you know enough. You know, I can I can sell out the Vic. You know, maybe and, and maybe sure. do two shows. But uh, that's great. Yeah, that's exactly where I need to be. And I don't like to. I, I like this tour I'm about to do. I'm like, I don't want to do rooms over 800 people. Yeah, it probably starts to feel almost. No, it's just like you, you have to change your tone. Mm-hmm. You have to change your timing. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did an arena once. I opened for Aziz, and it was like it, it felt like I was. It felt like it was completely disconnected from people. Sure, you waited sure. for like a wave of yeah, laughter yeah. to hit you from the back. And yeah. It was yeah, yeah. Well, it's something you sort of like. Okay, I did that. Yeah, exactly. And then you start to realize, like, well, these guys can do it because just make a fucking fortune. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, it's like it doesn't. Like, I don't. I'm too hard on myself to to be able to be like, you know, like I'm just gonna do this weird, sort of stifled, you know, version of me for this type of. Sort. Fortunately, that complaint is, you know, is is gonna fall on deaf ears. No one's offering me an arena, but Whoa. I go. But you know what I mean. But, I, but but you but you also like. I mean, I, I do think what you said something earlier. Like the thing kind of chooses you, and I think that's true about the path too. Sure. It's like like it, if you did an arena, it would almost be weird. Like well, I did. Not, I did a couple I of that, those oddball shows. Right. No, no. I'm saying like if if it was like Mark, Mark Maron at the Madison Square Garden, it's like I, what is happening in the world? Yeah, that now? Mark Maron's at the. Well, it's just like is everyone this now? Like is is that's crazy? Like that's frightening. If that many people, uh, no, every, no, it's not there yet. Everyone's just a comic. Now. <laughs> no, right, right. <laughs> yeah. That that was my kind of like inside uh, dystopian projection. It was like every comedy show is going to be like a comic performing for people who are there the next night or whatever. <laughs> well, that's sort of what, how it starts now. Yeah, I mean that's like that whole world of bringer shows was not around when I was a, a younger. It was I all just. Know, I don't know what. I, but, but so to answer your question, I mean, like I, you know, there's, there's, I, I'm very project oriented. Like I think in terms yeah, of projects, to, yeah, you seem to get things done. Well, it's just like I have, you know, every hour I've put out, it's very much that structure. Like I'm sure. building this hour, and yeah. I think I've gotten more and more cohesive as time has gone on. Yeah. Um, but you know, fil- do the hour, find a way to film it that I think is is interesting, and record it, put it out, promote it as much as possible move on disappear like i don't i'm not like a personality do the comedy huh but do the comedy yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah work and go back to work and so like you know the next project i have an idea for something and so it's it's a matter of just like anything that can help me facilitate the kinds of things i want to do i don't need to be in a marvel movie i don't need to be sure you know like yeah i like to do a little bit of the acting if uh, if how has that been it's good, you know, because like you, you know, it's something. It was a you know a dream, you know, of mine to to act. It was, yeah. I mean, okay. at some point, you know, I studied a little bit of theater, but I mean, I was uh-huh. a, always a comic. But I, you know, when I was in college, I you know I did a little bit of it, and I and I thought I could do it. So like you know, after I did my own show, I kind of learned how to you know I failed. Was my that way your through. first kind of? Yeah, but I knew also from knowing other comics that had shows that the first couple seasons might be a little choppy because you don't mm-hmm. know how to be. On you know in that yeah world. you could be you but not you on cue right in this but it's way. just a, but like sort of challenging myself to do things acting's tedious and it's not as satisfying because you have a lot of waiting around I mean I don't know maybe a play is different but but you know the last couple of times I've done it I challenged myself and you know to see if I could bring something and yeah it's it's interesting yeah it's another outlet for sure you do music yeah. too yeah I've been trying to do that yeah 
You know, I, mean, I, I play, but like you, it was really a kind of a solitary thing. But now I'm gonna, and now I take it out and do it. In yeah, front you of take people. it on the road. I just go to Argo. Yeah, yeah. that's the road. You get for your. And I put a couple guys together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's 25 <laughs> minutes out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I got to uh, put the thing in the car and yeah. bring it over there. Yeah, yeah, it's the road. So what happened with the last special? You know that you know made you want to direct your own special this time. Um. So the last special was. Uh, directed by Gerard Carmichael. Yeah. And um, he and I were working pretty closely at the time. Yeah. And uh, we shot it, this is before COVID, yeah. we shot it without an audience. I don't, that sounds crazy to me. Yeah. Um, it was, Why? A, it was a combination. So that was, that was Gerard's idea. And I was excited by the radical nature of it. Um, yeah. My concern was that I wouldn't necessarily, I didn't know how it was going to marry itself to the content, you know, like I was still thinking about how it would work as yeah. a piece. And um, that kind of uh, cohesion never, th those discussions never really happened. And yeah. so it just kind of happened. Um, and we shot it and it got a lot of attention in press and whatnot. It became like a focal point of discussion. I mean, obviously in our little world and it's very people had very polarizing opinions about huh. it. And some people thought it was, you know, a revelation. Some people were like, this is the literal worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Fuck this, fuck this guy. And I don't mind people feeling that way about my stuff. Yeah. Someone's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. I stand in it, I'm like, okay, I, I, can, I can live with that. But this did not, that special did not feel like you know, a comedy special, you, you only put it on the comic. I mean, people started talking about directors of a comedy special probably five years ago. I know. Well, it's like I my my late girlfriend directed my last two. She was a director, film director. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, there I mean, we made choices around certain things because it's like everyone kind of comes upon the revelation that, like, you can't re really reinvent the special that much. There There is a, a notion to it that, you know, like... What I realized and what she realized was that, you know, I'm best in an intimate situation. So she had to figure out how to shoot close mm -hmm. and, and, and get those type of shots. Well, either through a crane or actually, you know, coming on stage, you know, at certain points. Right. But what I knew is like, I just don't want to see the audience. I want them to be there. But I, you know, never cut away to them. Yeah. Well, that, that was a big move that happened, you know, probably reactionary to the 90s where it was like all fucking audience well, they use them to, to, to edit. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, people don't see it. You see it like, oh, it's funny. I mean, those people probably aren't even laughing at, at that. At the joke, sure. Yeah, right. Absolutely. The irony is that the, taking away the audience to let the, the words speak for themselves, no one, no one, literally nobody talked about what I said in the special. It was all about the fact that there was no sure. audience, both good and bad. Well, I, and I didn't, I didn't like getting any type of attention, positive or negative, that didn't feel like I earned it. But the thing about the audience is that, like, you know, they, you know, if you're sitting at home alone, the idea is like, you know, you're not part of that audience. But but the audience dictates your timing. Sure. So so that experience is going to translate to someone watching it themselves. Right. Right. No, it, and that's it, 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 dug it, in. It was experimental. And I, I dig that. Like, I'm, I'm sure. into the experimental nature of it. And yeah. I, you know, I was excited by the radical idea. Um, it just it felt like two people's visions together as opposed to like a, right. a unified marriage of what was that one called uh self-title drew michael and this new one you directed yeah so that was so i directed it because i didn't want to go through this experience again 
where I didn't feel like positive or negative, I earned. But the funny thing about this one, the response. Why is it called red blue? What is it? Red blue green. Why? I mean, you know. What am I missing? Something. I I I I think I get cagey about like ex- explaining what things mean. It's what's the, the title? Red, blue, green. That's it. Yeah. All right. That's the name. Of it. Drew Michael, red, blue, green. Right, but why red, blue, green? Well, but now I have to explain. I don't want to explain. Whatever you think. But you know why? I mean, I have. Yeah, I mean, like I, you know, you have choices that you make, but. But it's not revealed in the special. I'm not missing something. No, okay. it's an interpretive thing that I, I I feel weird spelling it out. Okay. You know what I mean? Fine. But uh I'm not trying to be, you know, closed off. No, whatever whatever you want to do, bud. The um but like the the way that thing is shot, it is pretty traditional until it isn't. Yeah. There's a couple of close ups that were effective in a way that I thought there was a, a an interesting bit of camera work, but but ultimately the joke is the reveal uh, on some level, and but it is presented as a classic comedy special for sure. And yeah. I mean, the thing that I wanted to do was lean into that, like like you say, there's you know there's only so many places you can put six cameras uh, or five cameras, whatever it is, and uh, but lean into aesthetic, lean into lighting, lean into yeah. the set design. So on and so forth, and create an atmosphere. And you know, we draw, we drew from a couple of different, you know, lookbook inspirations, and tried to create a, a, a mood that just felt, you know, obviously the, the drive uh, in comedy specials lately has just been, uh, cine- it's it's become more cinematic. Like you know, I think it, five years ago, someone was like, hey, what if this shit looked good? And it was like a radical act uh-huh. it was like hey what if we like all these cameras we have what if we didn't just throw them on tripods and light this shit like a yeah. game show what if we like thought about this and were conscious about it and yeah. you know and people like um you know i mean i don't know yeah. i don't know but like so someone like bo burnham was pretty instrumental in in doing that and, yeah you know both his own specials and gerard's special yeah uh with crit- the tiered with the balconies the gerard special yeah the eight but like, just like, it's a it was a new way to do it. No, I get it. Where it was I get like, it. it yeah, it's, you know, it was in the round, so that's not new. I mean, you know, a million people have done the yeah. round, but like, just yeah. the way it was shot, it's like sure. you haven't seen anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and in, in I think that's good. I, I, I do think it should all service the stand up, though. But I mean, yeah. of course, you, you don't want the aesthetic to overtake the, yeah, well, the it's content. Tr- tricky. It is tricky. But so, but, but my intention was definitely to lean into the tradition of it and lean into yeah. the classic nature of it because you know I'm, like you say, like the kind of comedy I'm doing. It's not, I'm cut from a classic cloth. It's yeah. kind of old school, right? It's you know it's new sure. in the sense that like I hopefully have new things to say, but right. it's you know it's you can trace but it you're back doing, to yeah you're doing stand up, yeah or you know yeah you would you would club stand up you would call that stand up sure, well good. Um, I enjoyed it, and uh, it was good talking to you. You feel good? Like, yeah, I think so. Everything work out? Um, you know, I think we we made some headway. <laughs> good. <laughs> me too. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, thanks for doing it. All right, well, that's that. I hope that wasn't too awkward or weird. His special, Drew Michael, Red, Blue, Green, uh, is now streaming on HBO Max, and now I'm going to play this... Les Paul for you. Muddy. Muddy.
Boomer lives. Monkey and LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere. <laughs>